Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hipple at the fall of the ball has kicked it. Nothing touched about that one. The skipper lifts. Joe Watson with a crunching tackle. And the Bombers are on the march of kick three in a row. That's a beautiful mark taken there by Michael Hartley. So Hartley, big, high, up and under. Good luck marking that one, but he does. He pushes two out of the way, and Hooker gets his moment for redemption. Welcome back to the fourth quarter. Kale Hooker is definitely a forward version of the Lunchtime Podcast. My name's Grant Hill, and uh, with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Now today, the North game. We're going to do a review. We're going to do it slightly differently this time. Um, we thought we'd start at the uh, at one end and work our way down to the other, um, starting with the forwards. And uh, can we can we both say Kale Hooker is now officially a forward, Scotty? Yeah, it was, look, it was interesting on social media <laughs> how they're going through the third quarter. What do you reckon Gary Lyon's saying right now? Uh, I'm thinking he's saying he's a forward. Look, you're a forward if you if you're aiming to likely kick over 40 goals this year. So no matter whether you like it or not, yeah. if you're a forward and kick 40 goals, then you're doing more than fine. But uh, look, I can only implore Essendon fans to really understand the structure of Hooker being in the side and how much he helps. And in the forward line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much how much he helps the forward line uh, with him being there and letting sort of Joey and Stuart off the chain a bit and even the small forwards. So look... We constantly are kicking over 100 points now. So as a forward group of six, um, we're really um, uh, in a really good position, really stable. Uh, interesting with Green out. I was wondering how it would go, but we kicked 132. And I know Laverde didn't star or anything like that. And and he'll get better from here on now. So yeah, it's I'm not too concerned with that. But one thing actually with Laverde, he does surprise you sometimes how quick he is. He actually once he gets his sort of pace up, like that run, that run down, yeah, yeah, he takes a minute. That run down tackle when he gets a full steam, it's actually very quick. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the man's an athlete. Like if you Mm. stand next to him, go to. I implore everybody to go to Essendon training and get anywhere near where the players come out and stand next to Jaden Laverde. I'm about 6'3 and 102 many kilos, and I stand next to Jaden Laverde and and feel really small. Yeah. He is a massive kid, like an AFL prototype player. And it's, it's no wonder they wanted to get him back into the side so quick. I mean, he's just, he's good overhead. He's good along, he's on the ground. But he's those six foot three, uh, stereotypical midfielder, kind of tall midfielders that can take a mark, can kick a goal, are good along the ground. I'm, I have no doubt. I would have liked to have seen my man. Would have liked to have seen the Kelvinator come in and get a game. But you can't you can't deny that clearly the Essendon Football Club wants that kid in the side and yeah. they want him in the side long term. Yeah, long term. And look, he he'll be fine. So from here on, I think his form will sort of dramatically improve. And mate, winning form is good form. You can't you can't deny that. I mean, you put him in a side where he's winning, feels good. He's with the boys. He's having a win. It's great. It's a good way to bring him back. I mean, you bring him back and we've lost four in a row. Then he feels a hell of a lot more pressure. And but at the moment, he doesn't need to feel as much pressure. He can just work his way back in because Waller's doing what Waller does. Orazio's doing what he does. We've got some marking targets down there. And again. The, the the hooker thing is without hooker taking those marks in the forward line. Jimmy Stewart for me is a bit of a a bit of a bonus for us. 
I don't even think Essendon thought he would be on however many goals he's on, Scotty. I think you said he was like 28 or something like that. Um, no, no, about minus 10 of that. He's on 18. Okay. So um, so he's he's got a few goals, but I think um, the likes of Laverde down there... Hasn't played every game, though. So. No, that is true. Like, the likes of Laverde down there um, gives us another option. And if, yeah. uh, with Hooker taking marks and Joey doing what he's doing, people at his feet... It's just another marking option. It's another big body in a forward line to be at a, at a stoppage as well. So yeah, the man's an athlete. I want yeah. him on the side. Look, the real positives are that we've now got four players that are almost on target to kick at least 40 goals. And that's pretty incredible for any side in the AFL. Uh, it's definitely not a, a normal thing at Essendon of the last no, decade. it is not. So I actually thought, I was watching the, um, the Sunday morning shows and I just thought Waller didn't get a mention as much as he should have. Now, I know he only got 11 disposals, but that is a high-impact 11 game. disposals. 11 disposals. That's exactly correct. And His chasing. pressure and, yeah. and, and perceived pressure, even more importantly, <laughs> his closing speed. It was really important early on. He kept us in the game. In that first quarter, I thought he was probably the most important player on the field. He kept us in the contest. He just gave so much pressure wherever he could. He was kicking goals. Um, it was a really good first half. He helped us kept in keep us close to half time. Um, so I, I was really wrapped with how he presented himself. Uh, and, he's being and, consistent. Yeah. He's being a bit more consistent now. Yeah, and that helps. And Fantasia, well, he's... Yeah. Fantasia. If, he's, no, not, if he's not the most informed small forward at the moment, then... Uh, man, uh, yeah. he's, he's... Again, I, I can't say... Hi, I can't speak highly enough. Thank you, Nathan, Nathan Bassett, is basically <laughs> all I've got to say. Yeah. Um, that kid is like having a top 10 draft pick. But even better than that, a top 10 draft pick that's 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 come along like yeah, yeah. that has actually worked he's there it's like we've picked up another top yeah. 10 draft pick another Darcy another um, Francis or somebody like that and he's in what three years or something and he's been at the club he's come on to being one of the better small forwards in the comp well they talk about our mosquito fleet of, of the green Waller and Fantasia and then look at how we picked him up all for nothing. I know man really nothing <laughs> Fantasia cost us the most at pick 50 odd yeah so We've got this magical mosquito fleet everyone talks about, <laughs> and really, it hasn't cost us a thing. Nothing. And Raz is so, like a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. Waller's like a top, probably, Add on Stewart, like pick 70 and, something. Exactly correct. And the, we've manufactured a forward line. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. So, out of nothing. And a father-son. Like, thanks very much. We'll take that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, Greeny, does Greeny... Um, He'll have another week off. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got that kind of injury where I think there is, it was definitely two weeks. Uh, so, Liberto will play again. Um, Do you reckon Greeny finds his way back into that side with Liberto in it's it? It's an interesting one. Uh, There's a lot of topic on social media, and, and thanks for all your um, all your comments. I did post out for people to, for subjects to us to talk about, and we'll look, we'll try and cover things as they go along. Absolutely. Thanks very much, everybody, for, uh, for getting back to us. We appreciate that. And look, just actually, just quickly... We've had over 1,100 downloads of our yes. podcast, and that's just on SoundCloud. <laughs> so it's a bit crazy, and wasn't we weren't expecting it Blown to take away. off so much. So Blown away. We love, we love that you guys love what we're doing, and um, we're going to keep doing it. Um, I'm sitting here, sitting opposite my best mate that I've known for 30-odd years, and we, we constantly are just cacking ourselves laughing doing this uh, podcast. Yeah, we'll probably do it anyway, no matter if it was five, <laughs> five people. Right. But uh, look, obviously, um, we've got some really nice feedback, and um, I know... The herd statement um, got a lot of people um, 
I guess, really moved. And, and I really thank you for that. And I got some really nice personal messages and it was something that we felt strongly on to say. So thank you for that. But look, getting back to our four line, look, it's, it's really working well. Um, we're just scoring at a huge rate. Look, it was an interesting setup on the weekend, which we'll discuss further when we probably get to the defense. Um, our one thing I just, my only concern with, with the, the worst fall coaching at the moment, and I'm very honest now, and is what is our plan B? Um, I felt like it took us a while to um, adjust to Norse tactics, which was... Um, which were very good. Yeah, they, yeah, they really give us, us any out. room to breathe. They um they put bodies on our small defenders and and so we couldn't get any run. Um, but on top of that, we amplified North's uh, tactics yeah. by absolutely butchering the thing. Yeah, yeah. like we North were good, but we absolutely butchered them. We looked great um, at the start of the game. We were we were running along, things were ticking to to plan, um, and then all of a sudden we just started to. And that's where I think the our half forwards. Um, is it the half forwards or the mids that are, I don't know, butchering the thing going into? Well, the hard part is is that they flooded our back, they flooded our forward line, so they, they had, had one or two extra. Back there yeah, or yeah. yeah, so yeah, they had a couple extra, and I'm not sure why, but even Skipworth after the game just said, "Oh, this was the issue that they flood." But why aren't we addressing it quicker? Um, That'd and be a question being, I'd like to ask you. I'd really love to ask the coaching. Um, panel that because it's happened a few times this year and we're really slow to react to it and there's a um there's kind of a message like we just should just fight our way through it and stick to our game plan which is kind of fine but i I, just concerns me when it's really not working for a long long period of time that we're not just adjusting and just um going more man on man making you know if they want to put seven or eight in our forward line, then we'll put seven or eight in our forward line. Just having is, it a, is it a case you think that maybe the yes and coaching staff think that they can't do it for four quarters? Oppositions aren't going to be able to do that kind of thing. I think they quarters. felt that yesterday. I think with their young side, because I think they had North yeah. had about seven players, they under 10 clearly games. Brisbane could. They couldn't run out the game. So once we really destroyed them in stoppages yeah. in that last quarter, then we just overtook them. And I think they had a kind of a, a bit of a faith that we'd do that. I, I probably thousands of Essendon fans may have been a lot more nervous than the the coaching staff. It was, was just a concern, like what happens if that is a good side and it's a final, and they've got that and set they've up. Learnt, they've yeah. learned as well because it's it, it's yeah. it's not obvious, but it's there to see. Yeah, Essendon needs space. We need those quick fire handballs out. And we need room to move. Waller needs room to move. Raz needs room to move. We need Collier running around the back of packs. Um, mm. McKenna running. If we don't get that room, if they, they clog up the forward line, Joey doesn't get room to move, all these sort of things. I reckon teams will be really looking at that. It, it's probably well and truly against that kind of style of play is against probably the way they would like to play. But they yeah. know that if they play it, they've got a real good chance of beating us. But mm. again, like North... I think you're right. They're a bit too young to do that for four quarters, but it would be very interesting, very interesting to to hear from the guys about when yeah. they notice it happening. What what are we going to do? Are we going to stick to our guns because we think we're better with that yeah. tactic, or are we going to change somehow? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd love to have the coaches on the podcast actually, and, and trust me, and, we're working on that <laughs> and uh, have that kind of discussion. So we'll go to the midfield. And, and look, there's a lot of queries that I got. And look, a lot actually surrounded Joe Watson, which I, I must admit, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, Joe's had 
27 disposals and, and 14 contested possessions. So um, it's, <laughs> he was actually pretty good. Um, and Seven out of the, clearances. And, and out of the centre, he's um, he was leading the clearances and has been all year. So the importance of Joe Watson, I still think, is a little bit understated. Especially uh, at 25 possessions a game average. Yeah. The man's on 25 possessions a game. We've looked, we've looked fast all year, so... I think there was different reasons why we looked a bit slow yesterday. And what I did when I was having a look at the numbers, um, as much as I sort of promoted Waller before, the fact that he did only get 11 possessions, and then you look at Collier, who's got 14. Um, I think you had Con McKenna, who had 10. You had McGrath, who had 12. Well, there's LL speed. So no one got over 14 possessions. So no one was running and bouncing the ball heavily out of all our runners. And again, it's because we couldn't get room. Yeah. They, they didn't give us room to breathe. So they coached that a bit uh, north, and, and it's credit to Scott, which I really give credit to. Yeah. Um, so that was, to me, was the reason why we were looking slow. We didn't get into the hands of the people who ran the ball. And and look, we had 63 clangers, so let's be honest, when, you, when you're turning over the ball that much... That's, that's it. You, For you, me, that's it. You, that's you're everything. running a heck of a lot more because you're running... One, one way, you're, you're running in numbers at full pelt down the field, and then suddenly we've got a bad turnover and you've got to sprint back yeah. to try and get defensively, and it makes you look slow. So, look, there's a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm more than comfortable with how Job's going um, at the moment. I think he's playing actually very good. I was just going to so, say, like, I... I, I you look at David Zarakis, who's averaging 24. Zach Merritt's again averaging 31. Brendan Goddard stepped up to 26.8 possessions a game. I just think Job at 25.1, is it's perfect. Yeah. We don't want... I mean, it's not that we don't want him at 30 possessions a game, but we've got our next 30-possession footballer in Zach Merritt. We've got David Zarakis at 24. We've got Job. We've got David Myers, who's a beast at the moment. Yeah. Job is just slotting in nicely with our midfield and our midfield rotation. I mean... It's funny when you look at Myers um, yesterday, you go, he had 21 possessions and you kind of go, oh, that's pretty good. That's fairly solid. Then you have a look on the, both teams and who got the most contested possessions. It was David Myers. He had 16. Yeah. So only five were uncontested. Yeah. That's a that's a really heavy work rate. And, and that's with, you know, Joe Watson having 14. So that's, what, 30 between them. Yeah, and gets. So, that's the thing. Don't, don't worry about the, the outside run and everything is great and everybody needs that outside run. But there would be no outside run if there wasn't for David Myers and Joe Watson being on the bottom of packs, taking stuff out. So yeah. Joe to still get 27 possessions and how many contested? 10. 14. 14. Yeah. 14 contested out of 27. Like, that's the reason why people got run on the outside. And it, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the, the, if we were committed enough to do previous stats. <laughs> um, and just, it, was, it was good that the leaders stood up in the last quarter. Um, well, I think, the, I think they mentioned that it was like 17 to 1 at one stage in the last quarter. So we were obliterating them yeah. in, in stoppages and center clearances. Um, and I'm, and, you know, I don't sort of give the younger players from North an excuse at that point because it's a stop play and it's a stoppage. So it was us who wanted the ball more in yeah. the last quarter. And at least that mentality came through. And I think for Essendon fans, that was important to see. Um, I'll talk about things later as an overall game. Probably after we, when we go through each section, we'll talk about it just as an overall sort of review. Um, but I think the positive, there was a lot of positives in that last 40 minutes of the game and the mindset of the players when they Agreed. had to be won um, and they became a little bit more, in my magic word, professional. 
so I was look, I was wrapped in the end, uh, a little bit relieved, like everyone else. Um, but we'll go to the defenders now. And the defenders, this is this, halfbacks. This is um, this. That, look, everyone just had an off day. It That's was a strange. Exactly right. I've never seen Hurley get have that kind of day where. But man, yeah. Michael Hurley's Michael Hurley is a beast, right? He's yeah. a beast. But Benny Brown, man, I looked. What at a that fantastic game. game that was! It's seriously good game. For All that credit kid. to Brown for me. And Real we, big I mentioned hands. him on the podcast last week. That he was the danger guy. Hugely, yeah. and actually, you said it to me. We sit down at the we sat down at the at the ground to watch it. You said to me um, that it's it's Benny Brown. Yeah. Benny Brown was the difference on this one because that that kid's he's a real big, tall looking arrangement, kind of crusty yeah. the crown looking. Well, he's bloke. equal Coleman medal leading. So. That's unbelievable, man! Like, and he he's and, a uh, bit like for Joey. a team that's seventeen, so he's a, clearly a good player. Hugely, supply is obviously not not as good as the top four teams. His his hands go way up. He takes the ball way out in front of him. Yeah, and Michael Hurley's good, but. They, they, the midfield turnovers and the half-back turnovers meant the ball was coming in quickly and the ball was coming in to North's yeah. uh, advantage. And they tried to switch Hurls and Hartlett, uh, Hartley. Hartley, even. Hartley. I was thinking of Port before. Yeah. Um, Hartley before, and it just wasn't working. He, just Brown and Waite just had us. And you just got to admit it. They, just, go, they just had it. Waite always beats us. Wait always, I hate Waite. Fair dinkum. Uh, He'll play was terrible bit, next week and everyone will be frustrated. He but. was a bit tricky because he was actually um, lining up on a wing. Yeah. They had him lining up on a wing and folding back into the forward line as required. But mm-hmm. Jared Waite, I swear, Jared Waite, every time. I used to live around the corner from Jared Waite. But Sorry to hear that. I used to see, I know, I used to see him a fair bit. Um, but Jared Waite, oh man. Yeah, so uh, look... McGrath had a quiet one. McKenna had a quiet one. So we had no run from halfback, which was really yeah. obvious. We we just quite looked quite slow. Um, even Kelly had an off a bit of an off yeah, day. Kelly, I, I think see Bagley anything. was consistently the the one percenter guy that saved us a bit, and he's done it. It's brilliant. And again, having said that, it's the first now, yeah. time first time in this year mm. where our backline hasn't either yeah, broken exactly. even yeah. or been well and truly on top. And that thing can happen. Well. So, uh, one, I found it interesting um, what Mark Harvey um, had to say. So let's have let's have a listen to him now. Really tough game today, uh, based on a lot of the pressure the Kangaroos were putting on our whole team, um, particularly in that first half. We had a real issue trying to get it out of our back fifty. Um, two of their key forwards throughout the course of the day got away from us, Brown and Waite. Um, different times we had Hartley and Hurley on those guys. To a certain extent, Gleeson a little bit of. Um, and they kicked too many goals uh, in and around their forward 50. I think they took 18 marks inside their forward 50, the Kangaroos too, so they were certainly really applying the pressure there. Uh, a lot of our defenders didn't have a lot of possession. Um, we had real issues, particularly to half-time, trying to move the ball and get it out of that area with some sort of precision. Um, therefore, it made it a difficult day. I think we took 48 uncontested marks as a team for the whole game, um, so... Whilst we uh, won today, we've got a lot of things that we need to address and particularly from a defensive point of view, how we can stop uh, marks inside our back 50 a little bit better than what we did today and a bit of craft, defensive fundamental stuff that we need to work on with some of our players. Um, as I said, we, we couldn't get any drive from McKenna and McGrath, um, which is unlike those two guys particularly. Um, so uh, a lot to work on, which is Always a good sign moving into the following week. You'd rather have it that way than be complacent. So I think Harvey is really just echoing what we were saying. Um, I guess especially sort of pointing out the McGrath and the McKenna 
So look, I, I probably see this week as just a little bit of an aberration. I don't really. Yeah, I think it's it's clear in the it's clear in Harv's yeah. mind. It's clear in the rest of the coaching staff's mind that they can easily pick out the areas where it didn't work. The areas with McGrath didn't get run, uh, Connor didn't get run. They know the areas. They know. I think it was a bit of an aberration. I mean, yeah. Jared Waite. I don't get it. He, the man does it every time for us. And Benny Brown's a beast. And mm. they could see it coming. It's the first time I think mm. this year that it hasn't worked. And I think everybody is allowed one of those. Yeah. And look, it will make Hurley angry during the week. So that always, you know, he's going to come out breathing fire because he, he's a very proud player. Hugely. So, one, um, one question I've got for you, though, is that Glenn McGrath... Glenn McGrath. <laughs> Glenn McGrath, right? Glenn McGrath. I reckon he'd be a handy centre-half forward. Um, Andy McGrath. Um, Andy McGrath has played practically the entire season. And this is a, a young kid, number one draft pick, sure. But he's a young kid. We've loved him because he's been great and awesome to date. I think I know what you're going to say here. Does he need a week off? Well, does he need two look, just to refreshen up? Not two. Um, not for professional footballers. Um, but if it has to be coming soon because he had it. His break would have been a long time ago. He had one break, and you would think with um, possible finals coming up, you'd want to have him a, give him a break. Any day now, so yeah. So I, I would wouldn't be surprised. Um, I'm not saying he looked sore or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. But, um, but he's kid. just a young kid. Yeah, so. he's a young kid. And they talked last week about that there'll be some several players going through some some managed sort of games. So I'm sure he was probably one of those names up on the on the chalkboard. That you was can see discussed. the benefits for Job. Mm. Job has a week off, comes back, looks great. Um, the uh, you do that for McGrath, maybe he comes back and is mm. great as well. It's a good opportunity to say, "Well done, young man!" In your first season, yeah. have a rest, come on back. Yep. All right. So the next bit we want to have a chat to is a chat about um, is the poll that Scotty put out on his um, on his Twitter page. Which is so interesting. It's extremely a divided club. A very divided well, divided sport, a supporter base. With the, the question that was asked was, did today's EFC result that'd be against North for you come away with more positives for the remaining rounds or increased your concern? Now, what we're currently looking at... 450 votes, so thank you for that. Yeah, but absolutely. We are at 50%, 50, 50. each. <laughs> 50, exactly 50-50 on 450 votes, which is incredible for everybody that voted. Thank you very much. But uh, 225 each. So, yeah. What does it say? Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of glass half full, glass half empty that is the, people. That is the dictionary definition of half full, half empty. <laughs> Look, I'm probably slightly leaning towards the positive... Simply, we won the game. Hey, we won, and we won by 27, so it wasn't That's, like we won by three points or anything like that. If you said at the start of the game we were going to win by 27, would you, you be would happy take with it, it? Yeah. You'd you would go back. So I think we've done what the, we needed the to do. I think the, if you're going to speak very honest, the concern was how we approached the game. That first 10 minutes, we were off, and I think that's what frustrates fans. Because you, you go, well, gee, the build-up is all week. Are we going to face a team that we're strong favourites yeah, against? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it this is the time we're going to come out breathing fire? Go no, but we've and, come out breathing fire the entire year. Our first quarters yeah. have been brilliant. I just think we just that aberration of we had a bad game right at it was the just time. An, it was just an odd time to have that kind of slow start Agreed. when Agreed. the emphasis was on how would we approach seeing like after this, the Brisbane yeah. game? Yeah. How would we approach it? Um, and we went the hunters. 
and and North Melbourne were. Uh, credit North were much better than people credit, give them credit yep, for. Absolutely. They, they their structures they're really disciplined. Um, but if we play hungry. our game and we're and we're hungry, we still we always we, had the talent to yeah, beat them. We always had the talent to beat them. But saying that, the last 35, 40 minutes of the game, we clearly were the better team. Um, the midfield got well on top. They mm. were absolutely dominated. Uh, Zach Merritt really came into his own at the end. I couldn't believe sometimes like that at the start of that last quarter how how quickly the turnaround was. I think that's what the Essendon supporters are looking for at the start of the game, every <laughs> yeah. game, is just that that flicking of a switch as soon as the ball's bounced and that real attack on the ball with the same intensity that we got in that last quarter to get us over the line from the beginning. But I, I, I think I think it's just that aberration again. We'd, our midfield murdered it. We were, we, we were kicking it into the forward line badly. Mm. We were kicking it around the ground badly. And I just think the boys... They had a bad game, and I, you yeah. know what? I think fifty-fifty for a Twitter poll like that is probably right. Is reflective there's, of there was, of the there fact was that concerns and there was positives. So exactly it, right. It there probably reflects concerns, the game in some way. And then we win at the end. So there's the positives. I, I found um, Hooker. Uh, for those who saw on the Sunday Footy Show today on Channel Nine, Hooker actually gave this little comment, which didn't really get a response, but I actually find it interesting. And he and he said at three quarter time, Skipworth came down to him, who's the Ford coach. And gave him, a, you could tell, a little bit of a rocket. Um, and obviously, at the end of the third quarter, um, Hooker missed some easy shots. Yeah. And there was clear frustration. Um, and Hooker mentioned that he came into him and said, hey, we need you to live for the team. Um, and Hooker, basically, you could see from, coming from the three-quarter break, he came out, crunched his, de- like crunched his defender yeah. and played angry yeah. and... Well, it was like 15 minutes, and it just, it's just like the game was over in 15 minutes. And yeah, it was... I sincerely hope that Kyle Hooker understands the talent the man has. Because, look, one on one marking, he's still he's either end of the ground. He's incredible. And no one's in denial that he's an all Australian defender. So I know when I know the argument is, is why he plays best, and I can honestly say he's a better defender. But the point is that he can kick over 30 goals. And so. And what we need up forward and the structure is perfectly for the team, not himself. I agree. It straightens us up. It gives us another marking option. It allows us to be bailed out with a big bomb in there if we want to. Um, But importantly, it it takes the defender off Joey. Yeah, it makes them. They have to honour um, Hooker, and they absolutely have to honour Stewart. So it just allows Joey to be leading the Coleman for a very small period of time. Just recently, yeah. so, and Hooker, look, Hooker had the inexperienced defender on him, so mm. he was the one that actually did need to lift. Yeah, um, Scott Thompson was on Joey, and Scotty, to his he credit, was doing job, well. Yeah. He was tied on him the whole game. Yep. and Hooker was the one that needed to lift, and he did. He kicked four goals, and we won the game, and and that's what you want from our leaders. So you, you want that sort of. As we're getting closer to the, the busy end of the of the year, you want that leadership to come through. And, and I didn't mention in the midfield part, Heppel, um, he was really big. So he had um, he was leading our inside 50s. He was leading a lot of stats actually um, yesterday. Uh, so he was um, he was really pivotal, um, which probably goes into one of the... The, the other question, yeah, that we, we got on, um, on Scotty's Twitter was that um, how do we think Heppel's going uh, with the captaincy today? I think... I mean, he's got the old plates on, and and it's his first year. Look, there's sometimes I would have liked him to be a bit more impactful of the game in, in some of our losses, um, but I look, I I remember um, everyone's you know O'Donnell, Hurdy, all their first years, Lloyd, 
um, it, it's a big thing to be a captain. And, and Essendon's a very, very big marketing club. And so Heppel does Especially a lot on that stuff. coming out of the and back it's a end lot, of the yeah, problems. And it's a lot to learn. Um, it takes a while to sort of get your head around everything that you have to do. So he's been, he's been look, he's been actually more than fine as a player. Um, I thought yesterday he was really good in leadership. He, in the last quarter, um, was actually really big, really significant for and our I win. And I think for Dyson and his captaincy is that he's got a touch of the Terry Danaher's about him. He's a country boy. He's never yeah. gonna. He's never gonna be. He's not gonna rant and rave. No, he's not a no. Brendan Goddard sort of pointing and yelling and that sort of stuff. So I think when when people are looking at Dyson and his captaincy of the club, I think seventy percent of it happens behind closed doors at the Dyson, club. Dyson Dyson's response would be put the head over the ball. And, exactly, correct. and he's much more of an encourager. Like you always see him with an arm around a, yeah. a younger player, and and that's how he is a bit of a nurturer and and that kind of and that kind of personality. So he's obviously an easy guy to get along with. Um, I think there'll be things that he'll learn and mature more as it, as the year goes on. Um, but as a first year, look, it's 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 a pass for me. Um, Absolutely. But I I've, I feel very confident though he'll be even much even bigger in the third and fourth kind of years. I so, agree. I mean, the, the the closer we get to building a team, mm. meaning everybody understanding what Wisher wants yeah. to the nth degree and how Heppel wants him to play and and how Heppel, Heppel's captaincy style is with them. I mean, he's got that nice. He's got that nice. He's got that that low key country yeah. attitude, and I think everybody when when you want to see Dyson how he's acting as captain, watch him on the ground because his actions in getting the ball, his actions when he's talking to players on the ground is going to be key. Um, he's not going to rant. He's not going to rave. And for a first year, I think he's done more than uh, mm. more than pass for me. I was pointing this year out to you yesterday. Remember, I was we were pointing out um, we did this live, which just said chat about <laughs> how, how we talk at the game. But I was showing you how James Kelly. You know, it was I think it was three quarter time. Oh yeah, he's, he's and, another coach. And for I was us. saying, look, look at him. He's just going around each 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 section, and he would point out a player. And I saw him pointing out Parish and. Mm. And just give him clear instructions, and he was really was coaching him. I agree. And you could see Parrish was taking every word. So and it's, it's James a bloke Kelly, like that. Joe Watson, and Goddard. Like for Heppel, that's that's gold. Oh, it's worth yeah. its weight in gold. And that's yeah. and that's probably why you don't see him pointing, you don't see him yelling, you don't have to see mm. him go around to every player every time because he knows he's got incredibly wise there's a lot hands. Of, yeah, there's a lot of leaders around. And him. and James Kelly, thanks very much to Geelong once again because that that bloke's been brilliant on the you'd field. Love him, you'd love him to end up being an assistant for oh, us. I know mate. he's. I know he's likely going to work for the AFL, um, but but oh gee, my lord! I mean, it, the the every single player on that club should actively seek that man out and ask him what he reckons because yeah. you can tell he knows what he's talking about. He's the epitome of a professional footballer, mm. and when he when he's walking around our club um, to uh, to just to provide advice, just to point over there and say, "May have a think about this." That is worth its weight in gold. That's three hundred some odd games worth of gold. Yeah. Um, the other one, another question that we had on the Twitter was about, um, I think it was just two words, Trav Collier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trav Collier. Look, we did get, I know I got a few mentions privately about Trav Collier's form. Look, it's an interesting one. I, he, he, a little bit. Scott, um, can I ask, what, what's he, can we go positive? What's he done? What's go wrong? What's he done when people go, oh, Trav Collier, what's he done that's not so good? Well, what they're concerned about mainly, one is ball use. Yeah. So, so he has does he have the tendency been the to the best forever. Yeah, yeah, true. He can sort of rush his kicks and 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 cause a few turnovers. Because he's flying at light speed. Yep. Um, and probably just his ball winning, ball ball winning. I'll say that English ball wise, winning, yeah. ball winning ability. So, yeah. 
He he's not a high possession getter. Yeah. Um, I think though, Wusher sees him so a little bit like Hooker in the midfield. I think he sees it as a balance. Hooker in the midfield. No, how he sees Hooker with our forward structure and how it helps the whole forward structure ah. is a little bit how Trav Collier... I think Collier, you're about to hit the nail on the head I here, think Scotty. a little bit how Trav Collier, he probably sees the midfield uh, as far as balance of outside players with speed and inside players with grunt. Would and you say that he's a complementary player? A little bit. So yeah, he's I, not a player I don't think Wusher expects to have the ball 25, 30 times. Nah. He wants it a little bit like the Waller and, and those sort of guys who have that huge pace... Um, and can impact the game. Now, he can play better. That's There's no doubt about it. He needs to play a little bit better. He is down on form but and where, has been where for, they for a month. Where do they play him? Where's his spot? I still like his spot. Um, where did he line up on, on, on the weekend? Uh, he seems to alternate between sort of a high half forward and wing yeah, um, and sort of in between those two areas the, of the field. The areas I reckon Trav has, has done best in the past has been that small forward been around inside 50 hitting packs at speed screwing the ball around aiming at goals or hitting people up in the forward 50 now we've got Raz we've got Green we've got um, Waller doing that in the forward line and they've had to move Trav out back a little bit now I I think he's exactly that. I think my official term for him now is a complimentary player. He absolutely complements the in and unders in Myers and Watson and Heppel and those guys, and he's available on the outsides of packs. Okay, fine if he if he's going to get it eighteen times a game, that's okay. But how many did he kick one on the weekend? Um, or two? Uh, I think he kicked. Don't think he kicked one, but he's kicked ten for the year. Kicked ten for the so year. So he Some does in... have the tendency to kick a absolutely. goal or two. And and I I think. Trev Colley is great. I think not everybody can get 25 possessions a game. Not everybody can get 33 like, like Zach. Um, I think he's very much a complimentary player. And I, I, when you look it's at the balance, positives... Yeah. Yeah, they, they, want the, they want the balance, the pace. Um, absolutely. They want us to be a quick side, quick transition side. And that's what he does. He, he A little bit like Waller can give you perceived pressure because he can close down spaces very mm. quick with his pace. So it's a little bit of a... Um, uh, and I guess an overview of the midfield view on, on what he can contribute. I think um, the other one for Trav Collier that we can't forget to is experience. Yeah. He's been, he's been around for ages. We've got a, can't, I actually can think there's a lot, that. a lot of room for improvement. I've seen him play a lot better previously. So oh, I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't mind that we're persisting with him to try and get him into, into better form. Um, I hope he can sort of like do a bit of a Myers and, and start to get, get better as the, sort of the, the last remaining games but he needs to improve a bit that, that's just me being honest the, but there's not many there's not a, an obvious replacement no that's me. the thing I, I look at him and I go mean, you, you've got guys who are starring like Langford and, and Begley and, but there's no they're not really playing that kind of role no these guys so and that kind of elite speed I think is always great I mean even yeah. if it's only been 18 times a game I, I understand but I mean, if they moved him, if, I don't know, if, heaven forbid, knock on every piece of wood I can find. One of our small forwards went down. You could put Trav in there. How dare you even Oh, man, I, I can't believe. I feel oh, goosebumps. Um, but uh, you could chuck Trav in there. And I think that, that kind of elite speed is still real difficult to deal with. And uh, mm. he's the shortest bloke in the ground, and it's that's okay. But I think Trav's got some really good experience. He's tough. He's quick. And you, you leave him in that side. Primarily because nobody else is... Um, uh, nobody else is is really 
beating down the door, so to speak. So just one other point I would like to make too, John. The uh, we we love the the comments that we get on the on Twitter. We love the comment, the feedback that we get. Um, we've also got an email address now. Um, that you guys can email us anything you like for any particular reason. It's the lunchtime catch up at gmail.com. Um, shoot us through an email. Tell us what you like about the podcast. Um, tell us what you don't like about the podcast. Um, and we also got the lunchtime catch up on Twitter now, so an account. So we'll be putting all our um, shows on that. We're all over social media. You can you can subscribe to iTunes and look. I know for a fact that a lot of people encourage to write reviews on iTunes because it gets promoted a bit more for us yeah, and gets yeah. out to the Eston family a bit more. So we'd love you if you can subscribe and, and if you look, if you do get the chance, then just put in a quick review um, on iTunes. That'd be great. We're on SoundCloud, obviously, as well. We've got an account on SoundCloud, so just look at that for the lunchtime catch up on SoundCloud. So well, hopefully we can cover most of the social media, media realm. Um, but yeah, I would love you to. Um, that it'd be great. It's uh, it's all sort of new stuff for us. We're we're learning as we go. We got an email address recently, which we probably should have done a little bit better. But uh, we're um we're sitting here in Scotty's lounge room, and we're uh, we're putting together something that you guys uh, we hope you guys will love. Um, and uh, we're we're really enjoying doing it. Um, to wrap up, maybe the the podcast today, we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a have a bit of a think. And Scotty and I have been thinking about um the latter. Uh, and at round 18, who do we think is going to make the eight um, for this season? So, Scotty, over to you. Yes, well, I've been having a, a think about who will make the eight. Um, look, the obvious ones are the Crows will probably finish on top and not, they, the Cats um, and Richmond, I think, are, are close to getting closer to being locked in. The Giants are very um, interesting at the moment. Yes, they, they very interesting They haven't indeed. won for about a month. I know they've had a couple of draws, but... They're just off their game. And it's because they've got an entire AFL side worth of draft picks <laughs> that aren't playing at the moment. But, um, yeah, their injuries are, were significant. They've, they've got a few more back, but um, but even the loss today against Richmond, that was a pretty poor loss. So they're struggling. So Essendon actually have a little chance, a little, little chance of, oh, of yeah. matching them towards the end of the year. Uh, look, Port, probably with their home games like Sydney, um, will probably... They'll Sydney end up go. in the top That's, eight. What is that? Five wins in a row or something. So I actually think almost how the eight is set now as the Collingwood game is going live at the moment. I know the Eagles probably might win, but I don't know the uh, actual current score. Um, but I would say the Eagles and Bulldogs and Saints might just miss out. Um so the Saints are really struggling at the moment. I think their kids are getting a bit tired. Uh, the Bulldogs, look, it, the game this week, and we'll talk a little bit about that. The game this week, um, Eston Bulldogs, is, is so big. Um, I just really hope the guys come out full of fire. It's a huge game. It's another huge game. You've said that for the last three weeks in a row. It's a huge every game, game against well, North. It's a huge we game We put ourselves into the position, didn't we, to have yeah. every game as a huge game. But, I mean, obviously... The team that's obviously trying to overtake you and you're playing them, yeah. that's a huge game. <laughs> I actually love this. It must be stressful for the players, but geez, I love this. It's yeah. You've got to beat North and you come out and you do it and you've got to beat the Dockies because they're yeah. the team that are going to come out. Well, it's, it's, I mean, if you do get through it, it's great preparation because every week's a final. Agree. And um, yeah. with that pressure. And then you, then suddenly if you do make it to the finals, you've actually already been playing that kind of football as far as mental approach quick score update uh, the Weagles are up by 15 with 7 minutes to go yeah. last quarter 
You can always rely on the pies. Yeah, to not win that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, Nathan, your time is up. Um, Yeah, so look, I still think the Eagles might struggle. I I don't... I I just haven't rated them that much this year. Um, So I think Eastern can sneak into that eighth or seventh position. I have us. I have us in there. Mm. Seriously, I have us in. I mean, look, uh, Adelaide, Geelong, lock. End of story, lock. GWS, I think you're in some trouble. I really think they're in some trouble with Shields or whoever it was that's having a break in, from today's game and with the injuries that they've got. Yeah. I reckon GWS will slide down a few. Yeah, Richmond, so for me, excuse me, are going to be the, the bolter. I reckon Richmond and Sydney are just going to be the bolters. Um, Port. Port, I don't rate. They can't, no, they can't beat any team around them. No, I just, I look at them and go, maybe Port, but yeah, I don't know. They'll get some home games, so they might sneak through. But Melbourne but, are going to surprise people. Um, I see Melbourne definitely in that eight. Um, can anybody drop out? Unfortunately, <laughs> it's Essendon. <laughs> but no, I see us in at eight. I, I mean, think the Port, opportunity. Port's a little bit vulnerable. Port could be anyone, vulnerable to, to, to be out of the eight. I mean, once that 17 wins, 10 wins. Yeah, see, Port, Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. Sydney's, Sydney's on fire. They've just all of a sudden clicked a switch. Melbourne... Same thing. I think they're on the way up. They're well and truly on the way up. Port, maybe they can turn it around, but I reckon Port's probably, out of those three, the likelihood to one to drop out. I reckon Essendon beats the Doggies next week. So, Joe, you've got us beating the Doggies? I've got you beating the Doggies. I reckon we beat us, that we beat the Doggies and we, we put, a, well, not cement, but we really place a large foot inside the eight um, and plant it there, to be quite frank. Um who we got? Who's Melbourne got next week? North. See, there you go. They'll beat them. Um, Giants v Fremantle. Um, I don't know. Probably Giants. Just said the Port, the Port Saints game next week is a big game. Saders. Where is that being played? That's over there, I believe. Um, Adelaide Oval. Yeah. So mm, that'll be an interesting run for the Saners. Um, we beat the Saners, but geez, I'd love them to be get back to some form and beat Port. Suns, Tigers, you've got to say that Tigers are half a chance for that. Geelong, Carlton. Geelong will beat that. Geelong's, the Carlton's in all sorts. Adelaide will beat Collingwood and West Coast will beat Brisbane. So, gee, we really need to win because yeah. all the teams around us are sort of favourites. Yep. Geelong's um, favourites. Richmond's favourites. Maybe Port because it's over there. Mm. Yeah, now we got to win. It's it's that simple. When 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 they said that Wusher said they're all finals games, or we got to win basically everything. It's just that's that simple. We're just going to yeah. keep winning. So we've obviously found out that Dale Morris has got a a, a shocking injury, which I never promote that. Yeah, so no one no one wants. I'm it. obviously just saying that for the sake that he'll he'll be out of the clash, and I'm definitely not sort of gleeing over it because it's one of those players you immensely respect, mm. and um and and. Half of you wants wants to play the best side possible, Absolutely. but um, that's Jakey, just reality. That he'll out be well. out, and Jakey Stringer will be out. So um, they're still going to be a tough side. They won by ten goals this weekend, so they'll know it's a final for them. Um, they have to win. So it's going to be a very intense first quarter. Everybody should be turning up to this game. Yep. Come on out to this game and yeah, really need, support the Bulls really on this one. fans to be allowed this one. Yep. This is a, we want a feral environment. And because the doggies are, man, the doggies, the fans are up and about. 
They are mm. up and about for the boys, and they, if we can get the the um, the Essendon the Essendon faithful there, we just ticked over. I saw said said to you yesterday, sixty seven thousand members. Congratulations to every Essendon member um, mm. that's bought one this year. That that will have helped the club in a massive way. We're getting regular forty thousands to to Eddie had. It's it is a credit to us that we got that um uh, that level of support for the boys. So get out there, get out mm. there to that game and and, and help support them. Hey, by the way, um, I decided to do something different for this week's podcast. Oh yes, what is so that? Um, I'm going to have a mini bit of a, bit of a competition. Now, the downside well, to everyone f- is our first no one. Yeah, the downside is no one wins anything. But, well, but we, if we, we can't afford it, but, we can't afford it. But um, feel free to send your answers through on Twitter or email or anything like that, and we'll and definitely the, read and, your answer and your name out on the yeah, next week's podcast. So the first person who gets it right um, will. What does he win, Grandpa? A <laughs> <laughs> no sandwich. <laughs> no, we yeah. didn't mean that. Classic Adam Sandler skit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what it is, I'm going to do a bit of audio from uh, a play, and I'll give you a clue. It was probably uh, just over a decade ago. Um, uh, so I, it was just a clip. It won't have the player's name involved in the clip, but it'll just have some commentary. And everyone, write in and if, see if you can guess who they are talking about. So let's play it now. But that was quite spectacular, wasn't it? He just goes up and uses the right hand to keep the opponent away and the left hand to drag the ball in. Is this kid any good? If there's any justice, he'll kick the goal now. That would just be one of the great pieces of play. Okay, so who are they talking about in that clip? Uh, Great clip. A little bit topical, one of my favourites. But uh, I'll let you... Currently topical. Yes. Put it that way. I'll let let you guys um, guess... The lunchtime catch-up, Gmail, send it through. Twitter, send through the answer. Like I said, there won't be any particular <laughs> presents or anything or any prizes because we can't afford it at the moment. But we will most certainly read your response out and your name on next week's podcast. Yeah, I think we're coming up to closing time. I think that brings us to the end of another podcast, um, our fourth podcast. Thank you, everybody, again for listening. Um, we really enjoy it. Um, it's uh, it's something that a mate of mine and, and two, two mates have been doing for, for ages and we... We just thought we'd chuck it on here and um, and see if anybody um, would like to listen. So thank you very much to everybody. And look, we just wanted to um, close out the show. Normally we have like an end theme sort of music. Yeah, but, something um, different today. Me, a bit of a music head. Um, bit. Uh, obviously, we lost a, um, a a significant singer from Lingham Park, which um, was a little bit of our old high school kind of favourites. Absolutely. So we just wanted a bit of bit of a tribute and 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 sort of go out with a Lincoln Park song. So see you everyone. Um see you next week. Um it's a little bit early the podcast this week, so I hope you enjoy it. Um and we'll be back next week after the Bulldogs game to for a familiar wrap up and discuss how we went. Great. And by the way, can I just say since the podcast has started, Essendon hasn't lost. I just want so to put that out there. We're three for three. I'm just so, saying um, so we're just putting it out there that we're not, it's not conspiracy, but we're just saying, I'm just saying basically every time we do a podcast, we win. So, so that's all we're saying. Currently. Yes. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks guys.